What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Anyway, should we make this a workout podcast? Welcome to Still the Crunch. Uh... <laughs> Get it. <laughs> Welcome to the crunch. It is your boy Ethan. And I'm Patrick. We're recording twice in one day. You know what that means. This one's gonna be worse. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that I collapse about 40 minutes in. Like I usually when we record twice in one day, I'm great for the first whole episode and I'm great for the first two thirds of whatever podcast we're doing. Well, we're and already then, 40 minutes into this recording. So I know. Well, once we actually start the actual episode, it's different because I get all professional. Oh, you get amped. You know? Yeah, I understand. I get amped. It's like it's like when you go on stage and you have those butterflies, except you just get really sweaty and you're sitting still. It's like when you take a bunch of smelling salts before you play a hockey game or after a large meal with your two friends. In other news, I did smelling salts for the first time today. Are you okay? I had coffee in my mouth. I was trying so hard not to spit it out. Oh, that was funny. Thank you. I had I I, I used smelling salts for the first time. You're yesterday. kidding. I thought you're what for what? To, <laughs> for no hung, reason. You were hungry Father and Anthony. you the only Father snack Anthony you just had, had around them. was another person. I was I was sitting next to Father Anthony. He took it out. He's like, "Hey, you know what this is?" And I'm like, "It looks like it looks like <laughs> one of those things you find in beef jerky. It's like the little dehydrator boy." And he was like, "No, it's smelling salts. You crack it and you whiff it, and it like it like gives you gives you a boost." And I was like, "Oh!" And he's like, "Do you want to try it?" And I was like, um, "Thinking back to all the asthma attacks I had in middle school, I go, yeah, sure." And <laughs> I crack it open, and it just hits me. There's actually a video of it. You can see it on oh, Adam. Shout out it. Adam's Twitter. He posted it earlier. It That's is so funny. I love your flashback. It's like, Patrick, if you ever do smelling salts later in life, you're gonna have a heart attack. And then <laughs> comes back into, into into modern day. Oh yeah, I'd love to try. Yeah, sure. It. <laughs> oh man, yeah. That's what it, it, it's funny because like, I don't know. The the waitress came up. And she mm. was very confused and and you were and at a restaurant. Oh yes, we, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I were thought at this a was in the church. No, no, no. Like Father Anthony, right before he processes into mass, smell this. <laughs> hey, hey, kid. Hey, you, you, you hey, kid. You have a try. You have a try smelling salts. What are you doing after after church? <laughs> you want to try my smelling salts? That's the new scandal. Smelling salts. Smelling salts is the new scandal. <laughs> oh man. Oh man, that would be refreshing. If it were, I don't, they use that on people that are like passed out to wake them up. Yeah, they do. Or, or see if they're still alive. Hockey players also use it to like get jazzed right before they got to go out or if oh. they get injured or something. Yeah. Just... In case, in case they take away their steroids. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I see. I can't believe I've never heard of this. Uh, somebody was trying to tell me. So at training a couple weeks ago, uh, we're recording on the same day as last week, but at training a couple of weeks ago, everyone was trying to tell me that uh, five hour energies were capital A, capital G, actually good for you. And I was like, there's no way that those are actually good. I didn't try one, but a surprising amount of people were like, no, I have five hour energies all the time. It's like drinking two cups of coffee. And I'm like, I just don't believe that there's. I don't that. believe it, you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe you. I think there's something in there. They were also trying to, a lot of people at training do the jewel. Oh, they 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 take fat rips oh. of that 
of that jewel. Is that what these Gen and Z hip Catholics are doing nowadays? They, that is what they're doing. Instead and of cigars, they're putting water in so, their lungs. It was so funny because when I got home, my mom said, uh, my mom was going to make me some coffee in the Keurig. And she said, do you want a pod? And I looked at her and I was like, what? <laughs> I thought she was offering me a jewel pod to put in my, <laughs> my vape pen because that's what I had been conditioned to believe. And I quickly realized that my mom did not know what a jewel was and that she was offering me coffee. So anyway, that's funny. Yeah. I, I almost be, after, since being in focus, I've almost smoked probably a hundred times like cigarettes. Really? Cigarettes. Yes. There's a lot of people who smoke cigarettes in. that's focus. incredible. Do you inhale? Yeah. No, I, ha- I haven't done it. Wait, sorry. I thought you said you've smoked a hundred times. I've, I've almost smoked a hundred times. Oh, that makes sense. All yeah. I can think of is that I eat cigarettes video, and like, <laughs> you are you are Sven Johnson. Yep. And every and focus, Curtis Martin himself is Gus. Murtis Carton. Murtis Carton. I, if I ever were to smoke a cigarette, it would have to be with my wife. Like that'd be <laughs> the only situation in which I'd feel comfortable smoking a cigarette, or my mom. <laughs> Is that weird? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. The two leading ladies in my life need to The two to leading ladies. My slow destruction of my internal organs. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Man. Do you smoke cigarettes? Have you ever smoked a cigarette? I have. I, okay, no. I'll say no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've smoked, like, cigars before. I've had cigars. I've, I've never, like, smoked a cigarette in, in the proper sense. I've yeah. had I've had cigarette sized things that I've smoked mm-hmm. like cigars. Okay. Um, but they're always worse yeah. than cigars. Like always. Yes. They're packed loose. They're you meant like, to be burned like through. Cigarillos? Yeah. Oh. But like actual cigarettes, like roll so this this friend of mine, he rolls he rolls cigarettes himself with pipe tobacco. So you're oh not supposed gosh. to inhale it. Right. But anyway, so they, I don't uh, recommend I don't recommend any of this to our very impressionable listeners, but cigars mm-hmm. are awesome. At training they taught us how to smoke pipes and they were like, It's just a great way to like get guys to sit around and I'm like, Is it great? I don't I don't know. I don't buy like I think it's cool, I guess. Like it's I mean, GK Chesterton was a church father, so we know that it was probably <laughs> okay. I'm very happy you're referencing one of my best tweets of the past week. To smoke a pipe. I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, is this dangerous? Like, will I get gum, gum cancer? They're like, yeah, if you don't do it too much. I'm like, okay, so where's the the line? Like, I don't know. I just don't find it appealing. Maybe, am I not cultured enough? No, Maybe, no, I no, think no. I'm, I think what I am is I'm too scared to adopt the trad boy aesthetic. And yeah, so yeah, because it's a slippery slope. Because, like, pretty is. soon Once you're, pu- you're puffing on a pipe tobacco, uh, mm-hmm. puffing on some pipe tobacco, and then your pipe gets yeah. longer, and then you buy one of those Gandalf pipes. Yep. And then all of a sudden you're wearing tweed and you have a neck yep. beard and you're calling yep. everyone milady and you're bragging about praying the rosary in Latin unironically <laughs> on Twitter. And then everyone uh, hates you and you have no friends. Mm-hmm. But somehow you still get married at 19. Yeah. I'm like I you regress wor- in age. I'm I'm worried about that exact path. I, I don't know how you predicted it. You like like That's what you, you, you you become a trad you become an e trad boy and you slowly regress in age. Yeah. And then get and then get married at 19. I changed my my Twitter bio from a picture of me and my age being 23 to a picture of an anime crusader and my age being 17. That's that's the only that's the logical evolution. It's like Squirtle to Bulbasaur. Wait, what? <laughs> Sorry, I was go? I was closing I was closing my blinds because I feel I feel like weirdly like you a like fishbowl. Are, are you still at your work? Yeah, I'm still in my office. Dang. That's crazy. You work too hard. It's the night before the Fourth of July. You gotta, you gotta let loose. Let's go light off some fireworks. Sorry, I got cut off for a second. Um, yeah, let's let's light. Let's go light stuff on fire. You know, um, we're really gonna light on fire. What's gonna light on fire? This topic today. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna light. If you're listening to this in your car, look out. Watch the watch the temperature indicator on that dashboard. It's really gonna light on fire. Who baby? It's it's moving from C to H. I was tell, I was I'll thoroughly I was thoroughly your engine's imp- overheating. Please pull over. Your kids are in danger. <laughs> 
I was thoroughly impressed and somewhat frightened when you mentioned the title. We should talk about the yeah. title of the book <laughs> that, that I just, just read. finished reading. Like literally, <laughs> what was funny was I wasn't even thinking about that book, and the only reason why I was thinking about it was because I was like, we stopped podcasting, and yeah. during the break between our two podcasts that we just did, mm-hmm. I finished yes. the book. Really? Yeah. That's so funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> okay, so what happened? What so what happened was is we were just kind of tossing around a bunch of different ideas for what to talk about today. And I had just listened to the Andy Stanley Leadership Podcast today, and there were two episodes called How to Lead When You're Not in Charge. And that's the most recent non-Catching Foxes podcast that I've listened to in like two weeks, three weeks, a month. And so I said to Patrick, I said, hey, what if we talked about how to lead when you're not in charge from the Andy Stanley podcast? And you said... You're making fun of me. Are you making me? He thought I was making fun of him. I'm not. I had no idea that you read that book. I would love to hear where the book goes because the podcast obviously stays pretty, pretty. Yeah, basic. it stays pretty like basic. Yeah, yeah. But I, what is the what is kind of like the layout of the book? Because I think, well, just to set some background, right? I think leadership is something that's really important and something that a lot of people don't understand. It's something that I'm still trying to figure out, and I think there's lots of different facets to it that apply in a ton of different areas. Um, whether it's in school or an involvement or your work or uh, whatever it is, you're doing something in ministry even. Like all of these things require leadership and a lot of these things that we're involved in don't have very good leaders. And so a lot of people say, man, I wish we had better leaders. But the reality is is that everybody has the opportunity to lead at all times. Yeah. And so for me, like I'm not in a structured leadership role um, in my work, right? I'm not, I'm not my team director. I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a second year, you know? Like you are not your boss. You, you're. I mean, you're kind of the boss of what you do, but you still have to answer to somebody. You know. Yeah, exactly. So the question is, is how do we, as young twenty three, how old are you? Twenty two. Twenty two. Twenty two year old guys. How do we start to lead without necessarily having a structured leadership position? And I think it's something that um, is really important as we like. I don't want to just talk about professional development, but it's kind of for growing in, in all areas of virtue, preparing to, to, to lead a family one day, like all it, it relates to a lot of different things. So I think it's really important. So yeah, I, anyway. I gotta, I gotta say something about like this book in particular. Yeah. I, I highly recommend this book because it's one of the most practical and <clears throat> a- spiritually accurate leadership books I've ever encountered. And I've encountered a lot um, really? because I was in the center for leadership at Franciscan and we read a couple of books that I wasn't, that weren't my favorite. Uh, right. I felt they were a little too shallow when it came to leadership, a little too idealistic, a little too can you, business. Can you name those books just so that I know to um, avoid them? So I read, I read the Seven Habits, which I think, which has grown on me over the years. Uh huh. Um, I read the Leadership Challenge by Kuz, Kuzes and Posner. Kuzco. Kuzco and 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 and. Kuzco and Isma. Yep. And um, I also read Entree Leadership, which is a Dave Ramsey, which grew okay. on me, and. Uh, yeah, anyway, there are tons of leadership books. What it boils right. down to is they're self-help books. They're supposed to make yeah. you feel good mm-hmm. and like you can do something. And what what happens in all of them is at the end, it's like, now what you got to do is you got to apply what you learned and you got to practice it. <laughs> okay. And everyone's like, yeah, I can do it. Sounds good. That's true for every book that I've ever read. Ever read ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, How is this any different than anything else? But anyway. the reason, I think the reason why the seven habits is so is so uh institutional in like leadership development books and also why i think this book is a good is a good like follower of that tradition i guess Mm -hmm. you could say is that it uh it does a really good job at shifting your paradigm and that's a big that's a big big boy words yeah right those are adult words those are those are those are words straight out of the seven habits and i think so like the paradigm is the lens through which you see the world and we all have one and a lot and think about our generation not our generation but like our kind of philosophy our philosophical tradition is i don't have a paradigm i don't have a worldview i'm a i'm a i'm a i'm an impartial observer yeah Mm -hmm. i see all of these worldviews and i can pick which ones i want and which parts Mm -hmm. i want but that's not true in fact Mm -hmm. that is in and of itself a worldview um yes and so we all have these these biases and the way that we look at things affects the way that we exceed succeed and uh this book focuses on leadership through the lens of someone who's not on top which is great because 
that makes your audience super wide <laughs> mm-hmm. and it makes the book very marketable. Um, ah, so you're telling me it's all about money. It is all about money. Leadership is about money. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, th- th- that's like that's like the first the first reason mm-hmm. this book came to be according to the according to the podcast we listened to Interesting. is because um, he felt like he had this attitude of I can't affect any positive real change because mm-hmm. I'm not in the driver's seat. And the thing right. is, this this makes this book even more important for Catholics because he talks about like one day you will be in the leader seat. For Catholics and the church, uh, mm-hmm. we're never going to be in the top driver's seat, right? Like right. we can never be the pastor of a parish. We can never. I might be, be the, the pope one day. You could be the pope one day. Square up. But like, if you're not going to be a priest, you probably won't be the pastor of a parish. And even if you are, you still have like leadership to answer to and all that stuff. So that's that's the first thing he points out is that there is no there is no ultimate authority on this Mm -hmm. earth. It's all God. And so right, right. Regardless of where you're at in your in your on the corporate ladder or whatever ladder you're trying to climb for some reason, Mm -hmm. you need to shift away from one day when I'm there, I'll finally be able to do this and focus on how you're, how you are perceived now, how you act now and what you can do now, because you can all affect positive change Mm -hmm. in your little corner of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who just abdicate responsibility because it's easier. Um, especially in the church, right? Because of that huge divide almost between like the average layperson and a bishop, you know, because yeah. we don't we don't see everything the bishop does. We don't hang out in the chancery. We don't know what how the decisions are made and when they're made and like who makes them and why they make them. We just kind of see a a letter in the in the mail, you know, and yeah. it's like, oh, I guess someone in the in the cathedral decided this. And so it's like, what? How do I deal with that? And so I think the especially just recently, like when I made that. Um, extraordinary minister joke tweet a while ago (laughs) yeah Uh, the the whole point is is just kind of poking fun at people who are constantly whining and complaining about the smallest of stuff because those small things really don't matter like obviously the liturgical abuse is bad and it should be reported when necessary but the thing is, is that you can like in, imagine this, Patrick. Right, I you're, will. you're at a you're at a suburban parish, right? It's big, three thousand families, four thousand families, um, and Mother Teresa comes, right? Yeah, and Mother Teresa comes and she sits, you know, in, in a pew and she sits down, and she kneels down. Um, the they they process into a table of plenty, and they they sing all these folksy songs and it's in English and they have 20 extra ministers of Holy communion and they sing rain down as the communion hymn <laughs> and the exit hymn is uh battle hymn of the Republic. Sure. And how do you think, what do you think mother Teresa is going to do? Do you think she's going to go to the Bishop, a go to the Bishop B go to the priest C tweet about it or D kneel in Thanksgiving for receiving our Lord Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. D. Okay, correct. Right? I, didn't, like, <laughs> I didn't know whether to make a goof, but no, I decided not to. You're exactly right, because Mother Teresa is is aware of the things that she can change and the things that she cannot change, and she's yeah. also aware of the things that, um, well, when she was alive, I'm talking about her as if she was alive, but like we all know who how she is, right? Hey, Mother Teresa came and walked in to your church right now and knelt down. What do you think she would do? She would A, <laughs> <laughs> she would be dead, B, <laughs> be dead. <laughs> C, be dead, or See, D. See, everyone would freak out because Mother Teresa is not dead. D, be alive in Christ because she's a saint. And a um, saint. The, so what I'm getting at is, right, is that she, like, th- this is an extreme example, but she's someone who led while she wasn't in charge. You know what I mean? She yeah. wasn't She wasn't a bishop, right? She wasn't somebody who um, could make any sort of logistical or ecclesial changes, right? She just said, I'm going to go serve the poor. And, and then she did it and she led by example. Right. And I, I mean, obviously you could break down a lot of saints and how in their leadership and how it fits in with the the paradigm that Andy Stanley talks about. But I think especially for us in like the time that we're in right now, where it's very hip and modern to just criticize everything that the USCCB does. And it's hip and yeah. popular to criticize everything that a parish pastor does. If the mass is in English and not in Latin, um, 
this this is the time where we have to really think okay how am i how is how am i exercising leadership and uh, or am i just sitting back and whining and complaining yeah trying to censor myself there was <laughs> the, one one of the one of the uh, the last chapters of the book talks about um the first half of the book is mostly about you and how you're how oh, you, he wrote about me you're all about you it's most about the <laughs> self and it's like how you perfect the self okay but the last chapter of the book is like the the money chapter because it's like how to disagree with your superiors that's it's like why everyone money. bought this book because they're like my boss sucks and i need to tell him how much he sucks how do i do that uh-huh. and he says before you you need in order to approach your superior with a problem mm-hmm. you need these three things and without these three, th- without one of these three things, you cannot do it. You cannot half-ass this. And the first, the first thing you need is a genuine Christian love for that person. Um, before you criticize a single leader, you need love because they will be able to tell that you don't care. Um, he also mentioned that you should do it during non-high-stress situations. <laughs> yeah, which is great because you should. So, like, if you if you criticize. He actually he brought he brought it up he brought up a really good point like if you were to go up to your boss or whoever it is and be like mm-hmm. hey if I ever not that I, I don't just I don't have anything to bring up now but if I ever disagree with you which may happen in the future will probably happen how would you want me to bring that to your attention in the most respectful and professional way possible and like asking that right. question when there's like nothing going on and everything's great is like oh yeah let's talk about that so I think that I'm this kind of person. And if you approach me like this, I'm going to freak out. If you approach me like this, I'll be able to understand it better. And so then when mm-hmm. that comes, you guys have already agreed on a way to disagree. And right. so you're going to, you, you waste, you don't waste time having a fight about how you're fighting. I don't know if you ever had a fight about how you, about a fight about fighting with someone, but it sucks. Yes. Phoebe and Absolutely. I've had those fights before and they suck. Yep. It's like, it's like, well, we need to like, we need to be more communicative about our, it's like all the, it's, 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 it, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, yeah. it doesn't help in the middle of the situation. You got to talk mm-hmm. about it beforehand. You got to establish the rules of engagement. Exactly. You got to, you got to establish the fight, like nothing below the belt, you know, like none of that. <laughs> Yikes. All that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. And then I guess similarly with, with, uh, disagreeing with like people in authority that you've never met before and you can't yeah. have that conversation with, yeah you really need to make sure you don't try to make any kind of effective change when things are high which means if there's a kind of like public thing happening mm-hmm. you might not want to freak out on them and yell at them because yeah. they're not going to accept that they're just going to write you off as someone who's crazy and they're probably not that far off hey. and you <laughs> and you're and you're not going to affect any real change um definitely like like writing i don't know i don't know what the positive to that would be it's like with writing your bishop but yeah i don't know. I, so this is kind of a departure from the book and the the podcast, and I think we can we can talk about that in a second. But this reminds me of something that I talked about with the the focus area director for the South area when I was at training. I got lunch with him once, and I asked him about um, ways that I can practice leadership uh, not as a team director, and he gave me some really good insight. So he said that like leadership consists, I think this is the cat's model of leadership. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, but it's, it's, there's three, three components. So it's the, the, the technical ability, the human ability and the conceptual ability. And all of, all three are required for good, good leadership. So the technical ability is like, can you do your job? Right. Can you, um, do the things that are required of you to do your job? Can you do a spreadsheet? Can you, lead a youth night can you uh t- get those tps reports in like what whatever it is can i lead a bible study can i disciple somebody right all those things yeah uh, technical ability really important right um technical ability is not required to like be technical if you don't hmm i let me explain the other two and then I'll, I'll try to say what i'm trying to say so the next level is human ability right and this he argued is the most important of the three yeah is can you relate to everybody that you're working with? And he said this, and it would just made me rethink a lot of how I view my relationship with my teammates and how I'm going to view my relationship with all of my coworkers in the future. Of He said it's like not in a manipulative way, and you shouldn't be trying to manipulate your teammates to just like you just so that you can get what you want. Um, but if you want to be an effective leader, then all of your teammates need to believe that they're your favorite teammate. Hmm. And I was like, oh, and he did, he's not saying it in a way of like, you need to trick everybody into thinking that they're your best friend. No, but he called to mind uh, Therese of Lisieux when she was in the convent 
um, there was a sister who uh, Therese very notoriously did not uh, get along with. But she loved the sister so well that the sister one day, one day said, hey, I think we should stop hanging out and spending time together because I think you're making the other sisters jealous of how good of friends we are. And huh. Therese didn't, did not like her at all. And that's how much she loved her, right? And wow. so it doesn't, yeah, right? That's um, in Story of Soul. It's very good. You should, everyone should read it. Uh, and so it's not about manipulation. It's about what you're talking about. It's love, right? And so do yeah. I love my, my teammates um, to the point where it doesn't matter what, how much I like them or what our friendship is like. Am I willing to sacrifice for them? Am I attentive to their needs? Am I aware of what their, like what their mood is? Like, am I, am I aware of how they deal with problems and situations? Cause that human component and diving deeply into a relationship with somebody saying, Hey, like what was going on there? Like, why, why did you react to, to what he said in this way? Or why did you direct react to what she said in this way? Or what are you thinking about this? Cause you looked really upset in that meeting. You know, and like finding good, good ways and healthy ways, um, not in the moment, like you're saying, but after the fact to actually yeah. compile that information and then remember it for the future. So you can say, oh, he's probably upset about this or she's thinking she's confused because she doesn't get this. Like that's that's what a good leader does. And then the final level would be conceptual. And that's looking at something big, big, big picture. Right. Yeah. For what's the what is the big thing that we're trying to accomplish? Our organization, our team, our company, whatever it is. And if you don't have that, you all you because then you're leading for for what purpose? We don't know. We don't because we don't we haven't thought about what's beyond our our scope. And a good leader has to be thinking. I have to be thinking about my scope, and I also have to be thinking about all of my teammates' scopes, and yeah. how they all fit together to form a greater. And I got to think about you know my chaplain's scope, and then the bishop's scope, and focuses scope as a whole. All of that has to play a part into um, what I'm thinking about if I want to be a good leader. And so. That's something that I'm like, especially the human part. I'm like, dang, like I made steps in that direction just at, by growing in virtue naturally, but intentionally saying like, oh, wow, that's the level of love and um, dedication to my team that's required of me to, to lead them well. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, yeah, and there, and there are certain there are certain parts of... Uh, that's like the who, the what, and the why, you know? Mm-hmm, I'm, very, mm-hmm. I'm, very, I'm very set on the why in my job, yes. right? And um, I think I'm very good at the human aspect. Mm-hmm. of my job my my bosses appreciate me they like me they trust me they tweet about you they tweet about me well i he's not my boss but well he's kind of your boss <laughs> he's gonna be mad that i said that but <laughs> he is my he's ontologically my boss that's funny um <laughs> no yeah he is he is my boss um but it's working with father anthony is great because it's like it's like teamwork sort of thing mm-hmm. anyway it's it's a, it's a good it's a good it's a good dynamic um i would i would just say that i'm not afraid of him that's 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 my that's point. Key. Like, that's key. You it don't want to be scared of anybody. It's true. It's like I'm not I'm not afraid of what he's going to say. If he calls me into his office, I don't get that little like I hope I'm not <sighs> in trouble sort of thing. But I one do. time <laughs> If Father Anthony called me into his office, I would be so scared. I, I want this is a good little leadership, like this is a good little uh-huh. leadership thing. It was yeah. it was all it was all the Holy Spirit. But okay, so one time my deacon called me. He goes, Hey Patrick, can you come down to Sister Annie's office? Now, Sister Annie is the pastoral associate. She is basically like in charge when Father Mac, our pastor, is not there. <laughs> right. But she's in charge of me essentially because she like <laughs> she like runs faith formation. She does she does a lot of stuff. And Deacon John is our is our deacon administrator. He's the one who's handled all my onboarding and my hiring process and all this stuff. So right. here are three people that are very much in charge. And Deacon John calls me down. Oh no. And they're they're in Sister Annie's office. I open the door, and it's the three of them sitting at a table with a fourth empty chair, obviously for me. <laughs> And they all look at me and they go, have a seat. I'm like, 
absolutely. And of course, my heart is in my throat and I feel yeah. like I'm going to throw it up. Yeah. And I sit down and they look at me and they say the worst thing they could have said. They said, there's a problem. Oh, no. And so in a, <laughs> in just in a knee jerk moment of yeah. what was only was, again, pure Holy Spirit, I said, how can I help? Wow. And they laughed. They like thought that was, they were like, that's a really great response. Like that's a really great, because apparently they, it was, it was nothing related to me. They had a question about another employee that oh, I was really? working with. Yeah. Wow. Um, and they wanted to see how I reacted to, <laughs> to that that's kind of pressure. So funny. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. It I was a caged. lot of pressure. It was a lot of pressure. And we I have a problem. I do too. Please excuse me for a minute. I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I have grabbed my pants. Um, they, they, subtle, they, Pat, I was like, I was like, I was like, how can I help? And they were like, that's a really great response. And I was like, well, don't get me wrong. I am terrified right now. <laughs> um, uh, and you betrayed all of the respects that you got at, by saying that you lost it all in an instant. No, I, 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 I let some air out of the room and I felt a lot better after I said okay, that. Okay, <laughs> good, 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 good. But it was, um, it was, it was good. And like that, that kind of attitude, mm-hmm. um, that little like that little quick attitude adjustment is actually something that I, I want to keep in my job yes. is like, oh, there's a problem. How can I help as opposed yeah. to am I in trouble? Because that that, that was like that was a yes. that was a huge shift for me from like childhood to adulthood. Because mm-hmm. it was it was usually when there was a problem with me, it was a behavioral issue like mm-hmm. in school. Right. But that's Same. everybody, you know, growing up. Yeah. And but now it's if there's a problem with my job performance, if there's a problem with the way that I handle email or meetings mm-hmm, or my coworkers mm-hmm. or or students or any of that, if it's if it's a problem, I want to be the essentially the one to solve it, and I want to work right. with my superiors to help that to make that happen. And you and gotta so, have the assumption that your superiors want to help you too. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, they're not out to get you; they hired you. Yeah. You know, unless <laughs> they, they're really, really bad and you don't want to work there anyway. So try to get fired in the most spectacular way possible. <laughs> that's, that's the dream. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was a really, that, that, that's again, like one of those paradigm shifts we're talking about it. And that, mm-hmm. that's the first point that uh, Clay, right? Yes. Yeah. Makes in the book. I read the book. I don't remember the author's name. Yeah. Um, Clay Scroggins. That's what it is. Clay. That's one of the first points he makes in the book is lead yourself. And so yes. it's like when, when people come to you with problems, you're like, oh, with 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 you, problems with you. You're ready mm-hmm. to receive that criticism. Yeah. And even if they're not delivering it in the best way, you understand how to receive criticism. And like kind of my, my, my mom always said when people are criticizing you, like take what's good and like leave the rest behind. Um, mm-hmm. Great advice that I never follow. I always take the full Your front. Your mom right is in the like face. a like a sage that sits upon a mountain. My and mom spits off is wisdom. one of the wisest people I know. <laughs> It's incredible. She's she, so wise. That's crazy. That's not and it's crazy. Like, it's just funny. It's like it's like simple. Yeah. Like yeah, that's total common sense. Your She's mom like, should write a book. Della's. Della's. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a word that starts with D. Do what Della that. tells you. Do, yeah, there you go. That's pretty good. <laughs> Della's do's and don'ts. <laughs> Della's do's and don'ts. <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh man, it'd be like a nice like coffee table book of like do this, don't do this. It's a coffee table that turns into a coffee table. Wait, what? It's a Seinfeld thing. Oh, it's Kramer goes on Regis and Kelly, and anyway, that's um, really funny. Yes, lead yourself. All right, Patrick. We're in the middle of our show right now. Everyone's thoroughly engaged, and we've interrupted them to talk about what. We've interrupted them to talk about the Catholic card game. For those of you guys who don't know, the Catholic card game is a prompt and response card game written by, made by our friends Matt and Lisa, and it is one of the most fun games I've ever played in my entire life. That's I've only not a played joke. it twice, but every time I've played it, I've lost, so I wouldn't recommend getting it unless you enjoy <laughs> losing. Unless you like losing. It's so fun to just walk up to, like, I've been to, like, conferences, and mm-hmm. they're, like, just walk up and people are just playing the Catholic card. Game. I love people and seeing people playing it, and then they play one of our cards, and they point out and say, I, "I did that." That's ours. That's ours. That's we wrote that in a in a in a two beer deep stupor. <laughs> so I was not two beers deep because I, I was still twenty. I was a beer and a so half. So the Catholic card game is the it is sweeping the nation, and it hasn't stopped. It's on its seventh expansion right now on Kickstarter, You're and it's kidding. called the Generations expansion. Yes, and it's everything that we love, and hate, and love to hate. About millennials and baby boomer, baby boomers. Sorry, Gen X. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why this game is good for millennials and why it's good for baby boomers. You ready? Yeah, sure. Why? Baby boomers' sense of humor came from 
things like, you know, uh, who's on first? The Three Stooges, Johnny Carson, right? That's that's where the baby boomer humor sense come from, right? Boomer humor. Boomer humor. You know where the millennial sense of humor comes from? Louis C.K., uh, oh. Dane Cook, uh, uh, Chris Farley. I, These are all insanely bad examples <laughs> of people who had tortured lives. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, is that the, the the boomers they have their sense of humor is a bit slower. The millennials, their sense of humor is just objectively worse, objectively worse than every other generation. So if you buy this expansion pack and you play it with millennials and boomers, you are guaranteed a spot in the victory zone. Okay, <laughs> I I'm very serious about winning one game when I play. There are 54 brand new cards in this deck. And they're all about Johnny Carson. <laughs> and it's only $10, including shipping, in the United States. And it's going to be running. This Kickstarter will be running throughout the month of July. So Each card has a picture. Each Boomer card has a picture of Jay Leno. Each Millennial card has a picture of Obama. You want this expansion. <laughs> no, every every Millennial card is a picture of AOC. Ooh. I feel like we gotta. I feel like we got to start this over. <laughs> no, this is good. This I'm actually promoting it. I think it's good. I think people should buy it. Matt and Lisa, I have no idea what you've written on it or on the cards. I haven't seen them yet. I haven't gotten to play with it, but they did send me a free pack, and my mom was very excited to receive it in the mail while I was at training. I can I can do nothing but highly recommend this product. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to if you want to find and support the Catholic card game on Kickstarter, you can go to Kickstarter.com and search Catholic Card Game or click the link that we're going to be in writing in our the description. description. It's right in there. You just Thank gotta you to click the Catholic it. Card Game for sponsoring this episode of Cat. Sorry, The Crunch. You just gotta click it. Just gotta click it. Click the link, buy the game. <laughs> click the link, buy the game. Say hi to Jay Leno for me. Subliminal messaging. Lead yourself. Anyway. Uh, uh-huh. I think, yeah, you're exactly right. If we're not, and this comes from, I mean, if we want to tackle maybe like a spiritual side to this, maybe we don't, I don't know. But if you're doing an examination of conscience regularly, then th- you're already like on top of the ball. Yeah, because man. Because you're, you're looking at yourself um, critically, but not in a way where you're criticizing yourself, hopefully. Uh, and you're saying, oh man, like this, this was good. You know, I'm, I'm glad that I did this this way and I handled this situation this way, but this situation I did not handle well. Mm-hmm. What could I have done? And then making resolutions. Um, if we're, if we're doing that, that's like a good spiritual practice, but it's also a really good, just everyday life. You're, I mean, working with people practice is looking at, maybe you just have an examination of your work day or or your school day. And you say, how did I handle class today? How did I handle uh, this meeting or that project? And looking back at the end of your day or the end of your week, every week and saying, okay, like for next week, I'm going to try this and this and this. Um, I think that's taking those steps are phenomenal ways to grow um, in your leadership ability. So I'm finding that like my work day is one of the most important aspects of my ministry. It's like when, when I have, when I wake up on time Mm -hmm. and then I get into work on time and I do my thing where I don't turn on email, social media, none of that until I get one task done. Uh And like when I do that, it like sets the whole day in motion. It's Absolutely. awesome. It's incredible. And like when I leave work at four, I don't have this weird feeling like I should have done more today. I had that feeling today, not because of anything, not because of waking up late. <clears throat> I didn't get a lot of sleep, but um, we had like a, we had like a thing at two for a priest who's leaving. And so I had to leave at two, but I was planning on leaving at four. Right. And so I like felt like I had lost two hours, but I was like, no, 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 Patrick, chill out. You're fine. Um, Just be grateful for the work you did today mm-hmm. and like not, Anyway, that that's like re- a really weird dichotomy to balance out. Is like, yeah. should I have done more? Am I doing enough? Mm-hmm. Am I doing too much? Etc. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think that's good. I want to talk about the the second um, principle. I don't know if it was in the book, but it was in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it kind of ties into what we're talking about. Is be positive, right? Yes. And this is not like the, I don't know what you would say the. Overly optimistic. This is not optimism. Like positivity and optimism are not the same thing. But you have to acknowledge that regardless of your your personality type, regardless of um, what people say about you or what people think about you, um, if you're on a team, if you work in a place with other people, um, if you're in a group of any kind, 
your reaction to um, what the person in charge of you tells you to do is everything. It means so much. So if you, if let's say the boss comes down, you have a meeting and the boss says, you know, I would like to have you do this by this day. You have two options, right? You can say, you can kind of react and make a face, you know, that some that maybe the boss can't see, but somebody else can see. Um, you can re- reluctantly accept it, I guess more than two options. You can, you, there's, I mean, there's lots of things that you can do. Um, but the thing you should do is just be positive and support uh, whatever's being instructed. And if you have yeah. problems with it, if you think, oh, maybe we could do this differently, go up to the, to the boss afterwards, go up to the person in charge afterwards and say, hey, um, I love the idea. You know, I have this idea and this idea and this idea about how we can improve it. Or maybe if, if that's the place to do that in the meeting, but always approach it with an angle of positivity and not as much with an angle of this is bad. I'm going to fix it. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's that paradigm shift that you're talking about, because if you if you immediately come off with, oh, no, that's a bad idea. We shouldn't do that. Then you're undermining um, not only the the person in charge's leadership, but your own leadership, because you're you're showing that oh, you actually think that you know better. And it's it's not, um, mm. it's very subtle, right? It's not like, and it all depends on your on your situation, obviously how that goes about and how those conversations happen. Um, but in general, it's actually better for us um, to, to be humble and just carry out the thing that's, that's yeah. told to us yeah. instead of expending extra energy um, trying to figure out all the ways that we would have done it better. Because Obedience yeah. is a son of a gun. Mm-hmm. It hurts and it sucks, but it's good. Mm-hmm. Father Anthony and I were actually like going through this at the beginning. So yeah. like our pastor is great. He's, yes. he's, he's largely hands off. He kind of just lets me go nuts. And like, I love that. It's, it's nice. Um, but sometimes he'll come in because I wrote him a letter and I said, you better get my boy a bunch of leaves. <laughs> better get my boy some space. Better get my boy some space. Let him run. Um, but the, there's a couple of decisions that he made that I was like unhappy with at first. Right. So like, for instance, I suggested a spot to put the youth room, but he was like, no, we shouldn't have it there. And uh-huh. I was like, but it was perfect. And then he's like, look here instead. And then I looked there instead, mm-hmm. and it was much better. <laughs> um, it was great. And so like... The old GK switcheroo. Old GK switcheroo. And then he also suggested... Oh my gosh, another thing. I forget what it was. But anyway, I brought that up to Father Anthony. And I was like, look at that. Like Obedience worked out for us in the end. And he's like, yeah, but even if it didn't, it still would have been the more virtuous thing. Oh. Yeah, and that's that's a really good point, and it's like sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes it's twofold. It's because he's an authority, not because he's older than me, mm-hmm. or because he's a priest, but because God put him there, right? And so God is guiding him in his leadership, especially if he's a man of prayer, and our pastor is. And second of all, he is older than me, <laughs> so like he's a little wiser, mm-hmm. a lot wiser. Yeah. And his decision was apt. He was like, I know the facilities. He knew the facilities better than me. Mm-hmm. He was around more than I was. He's been here longer and he knows what the teens need. And so he, def- he was deferring to my judgment until he saw something that was problematic. And then was like, wait, hold on. And he guided me in another direction. He's a very good leader. And he's taught me a lot about how to lead mm-hmm. my core team. Cause I tend to be a little more, I tend to micromanage a little more. Yeah. Um, especially at the beginning of meeting someone, but that's like, that's like natural. It's like micromanage someone at the beginning of meeting them. Cause you're not sure how they work, how much they, they understand are, what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. And so, but I tend to micromanage because I'm like, well, this is the way we should do it. Um, and not be as loose, but he's actually taught me to be a little more free with my boundaries, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to like, we have a middle school person coming on and I was like, all right, here's how we have to do middle school. We have to do core team like this, 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 this and that. And I'm like, okay, Patrick, chill out. I wrote her an entire like three page document on like, wow things she should do her first week which i loosened it up and it's a very helpful thing because like i wish i had that my first week you know because right. you kind of come to your first week and you're like what the hell am i supposed to do um <laughs> but i i made a little note it's like these are these are the ways this is the way that i think we should do it but if you're like hold on i have another idea i'd love to hear it and we could discuss it mm-hmm. i think that's a really good attitude to like go into bringing someone onto a team it's like this is the way we think we should do things and this is the way i'd like to proceed if you have something to say please say it because I, I want to hear your voice. We hired you because you have a, a voice, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. among other things. You know. Yeah. But yeah. I I there's a I think there's a, a cultural sort of issue that comes into play with all of this of people who are our age and our generation, millennial, uh, Gen Z, borderline. Um, they 
because they've been memed into believing that they can be entrepreneurs and they can do whatever they want as long as they work hard enough, um, there's no real understanding of someone being above you in a just and right way. Yeah. There's there's like, oh, well, if Casey Neistat can just make his own movies and be rich from doing that, like, why do I need a boss telling me what to do? If Kendall Jenner can be a billionaire or whatever by the time she's 20 and she doesn't have a boss, like, why can't I? And so it's culturally we're we're taught to shun leadership and it's total i mean that's been going on for a long time but i think it's even more pronounced now in the age of social media and the new new technology new businesses that can pop up from anywhere you know as long as you have a laptop and an internet connection you can you can do whatever you want and so there's a there's a temptation to think well nobody has anything to teach me because all of the people who are thought leaders and business leaders didn't learn from anybody which is just not true right it's they everybody who's successful has mentors and people who taught them things it's just that it appears as if they don't and they don't have like a a specific sort of structured boss in the same way that you do or i do um and so there's always that temptation to think oh if i just take this and i work really hard then i can i can do it but it, it like you're saying, it's the more virtuous option, and it also frees you up so much more to think more creatively about what you're doing if you just allow yourself to be obedient to what is told you, and then you can let your mind wander about other things. You can mm-hmm. let your mind f- unravel other problems instead of being solely focused on, oh my gosh, he told me to do this thing, and I don't want to do this thing, so let me figure out a different way to do this thing because I hate the way that he told me to do this thing. This is so annoying. Oh my gosh, I would do this so much differently. Like, yeah, if Because you, you get your brain locked in on that, and it's it kills it. It kills all all creativity and all productivity that could be happening in other areas because I guarantee you that that one task is not the only thing that you have to be doing. So, And even if it's the worst thing, even if it's the worst way to do something, I mean, <laughs> I'm probably the worst version of myself at this point and God can still work through me. So like why, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, God, God, God works through imperfect things all the time. You're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> You don't know. I I was aware. I thought I've heard I've heard of people who were imperfect, but I've never met mm-hmm. one. <laughs> a time or two before. A time this. or two before. Yeah. Um. I. So I think. I don't know about where we're at on time, but. Forty the, minutes. Forty minutes. Oh my goodness! See, I told I know, you. Right? I'm. I hit it. I told. I predicted it exactly, and I'm like, I'm. I'm dying right now. Um, I felt it. I felt we have we have a cosmic connection. We have a cosmic podcasting connection. Yeah, it's across time zone. It's across time time zone. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man. So I think we've kind of been talking about thinking critically this whole time, and that's the third point. So I think we should skip to the fourth point, which is reject passivity. Mm-hmm. Um, do do oh they talk gosh. about that in your book at all? So yes. Yeah. But what? Oh, sorry. Go but. Ahead. Rejecting passivity was like one is one of the rules of life for a door. And when oh. I first read that rule, I was like, I freaking love this. I love it. I had a <clears throat> I had a friend tell me a story about um being it's like the, the the rule, the way the rule is, is focused is don't be passive, but instead be active and sharing your thoughts and feelings. And so this friend misunderstood something that another missionary said. And him and his wife were extremely mad for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then they talked about it with him. And he was like, wait, oh my gosh, that's not what I meant at all. And he was like, I spent all this time being angry at this missionary Mm -hmm. for no reason. Yeah. But at least we caught it. Because like you can, that stuff festers, Uh you know? And it's like, and it also, it also can hurt you. So it's like, here's another thing is like, um, I, at a conference I went to recently, I said something stupid about the That's programming, true. which mm-hmm. is, happens. Yep. I said something stupid about like the way things were planned in front of the events planner. Oh, Patrick, you didn't. I did. And oh. later I went up to her and I was like, Hey, so I just want to say that I really appreciate, I was like, you did, you did the events, right? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, first of all, I want to say, I'm sorry for what I said the other night. Um, I wasn't, I was, I wasn't thinking and I was like being really prideful, et cetera. And she was like, Oh, like I didn't hear that, but like, thank you for saying that. And I was like, I want to let you know that I really appreciate everything that was done 
at this event. Like it was a really great event and like, I really got a lot out of it. So thank you for everything you've done. And mm-hmm. it was like, it was a weight and a half off yeah. of my shoulders. Yeah. Cause like I felt so bad and I was like going to do the normal Patrick thing where I was just like, just link into I'll get over it. I'll get over it. I'll get over asleep. it. Oh, right. Yeah. That's yeah. the Ethan. <laughs> That's it. No, the normal Patrick thing would have been like, think about it forever and pretend yeah. you're not thinking about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Oh man. Um, yeah. So like, it's and you know that, why that you did that, Patrick? Is why did I do you that? rejected passivity? It's true. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is something I've had to learn in a big way on my team, especially big being way. just really close and uh, working very closely together, living with my, uh, living with my teammate, living mm-hmm. two houses down from my other two teammates. Like we're all very close. And so it just means that when things come up, it's really, really hard to keep them like unspoken or unsaid. Um, and if everybody knows about something and you're not talking about it, then it just causes a lot of stress. And so in situations like that where it's sort of a one-off thing and you need to give somebody what they're due, absolutely. But even more so if you're working with someone on a long-term basis and there's some unspoken tension, um, more often than not, you, whoever you are, you need it, whether it's your fault or not, you should be the one to approach the other person and say, hey, I've noticed that there's some tension. What's going on? And if it's nothing and you're just perceiving something that's not there, if it's not actually have anything to do with you, at least you you're showing again that human connection that you're aware of the other person's sensibilities and you care about them and you want your relationship to be good with them. And if it is something to do with you, then you can fix it right then and there. Yeah. I think we're, we're too often just being like, oh, I'm not going to talk about this and it will go away. And that's it's just not true. That's how wounds are formed. And exactly. We don't want to form wounds on this podcast. This is a Band-Aid only podcast. I mean, this is a... <laughs> Uh, fully healing podcast. We have no Band-Aid solutions here. Um, unless they're the cool Monsters University Band-Aids that I've had for five years. They definitely in, don't work still. Well, we'll see. Next time I get a paper cut, I'll let you know. Um, Wait, Monsters University? Yes. Hold on. Yes. When did it come out? I could have sworn it was four years, five years. Release. Dang it, we were too quiet. Now I have to edit out that pause. June 21st, 2013. Bang. Wow. Told you. That's uh, that's an that's impressive. That was an impressive no scope you just got me. <laughs> I know my Pixar baby. <laughs> I know my Pixar baby. Uh but yeah, if whether it's your boss or a teammate or someone lower than you, it does not matter. You're never too um too good to approach somebody about something yeah. like this. Um and it could be it could be something that has to do with feelings. It could be something that has to do with disagreements about strategy. Um, wh- whatever it is, it's just we can't wait for things to come to us because life is too short. And if you want to be a leader, that's not what a leader does. A leader doesn't wait for people to come to them. The best leaders are the ones that are um, walking around. You know, you think of a traditional mm-hmm. business. They're they're going to the factory floor. They're going to the people who are driving the trucks and they're talking to them. They're not sitting up in their office waiting for those people to come to them. Right. You, you think of the best leaders. They're the ones who are seeking out um, rather than waiting to receive. And I think that's um, something that I need to work on a lot. Um, but it's a really, really good reminder. So one of the quotes from the book boils down. I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't think he phrased Please. it well. I didn't. No, no. he. Didn't. Oh, sorry. I thought you were dissing me. And I was about to tell you without rejecting passivity that uh, I think you're wrong. <laughs> then I'm gonna fight you. I'm gonna fly. <laughs> I'm to- gonna fight you, and I'm I'm gonna break your knees. <laughs> no, not my knees. They're my most valuable asset. <laughs> oh man, we have too many. Okay, we have way too many Gus and Eddie references. And really I can't do. believe we've known each other for two years and we've never talked about Gus and Eddie. We before. love we love Gus and Eddie too much. Gus and Eddie, please come on our podcast where we Eddie, only please. talk about religion. Boys support boys. Boys support boys, and like i'm we're i'm such a young one and i need i need i need guidance they're the same age as us when we take on when we start talking about them we take on their mannerisms it's very it's very funny it is your hands down gus and i'm eddie yeah I, that's that's so true it's not even it's not even a question it's so true it's the golden ratio <laughs> um anyway anyway what did I say? oh yeah, yeah. I he know, said what that I, what was i talking about i was talking about he said um Good leaders are respected by the people in the office next to them, mm. but great leaders are respected by the by the men in the office, like twenty three floors down. Yeah, you know, 
even if it's another company. I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> it's he he was like he was like it's not about how your friends perceive you. It's about how it's about how like you need to be well perceived by everybody. That's what he said. But I don't think that's true because you're never going to be well perceived by everybody, and that's a tough yeah. that's a tough game to play. But um, a really a, a man that I very much respect, a friend a friend of mine's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about uh, I was over at his house and we were talking about respect. Yeah. And I was like, well, I respect you, but like, of course I do. Like I have to, it's kind of like, no offense, but I have to. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, yeah. But in the army, we had the saying, like, you have to respect the office, but you don't have to respect the man. Yes. Um, Just like the Pope. Yeah. You do have to respect him because he's the Pope, but you don't necessarily even, but even if you don't respect the man, that's the thing is like mm-hmm. a lot of people who, who, who like come at the Pope, they're like, well, I still respect the Pope. I just don't respect him. But it's like, no, no, no. You do have to respect him because he is the Pope. Yeah. You don't have to agree with him or respect him. <laughs> you know, like you don't have to respect him in the sense that, like, I like everything that he does. But you do have to respect him because he's the Pope. Right. Not because he's not because he's Bergoglio or whatever. Whatever is it? How do you say it? Anyway. Bergoglio. Bergoglio. Ber- <laughs> Great googly moogly. <laughs> Great bergoogly moogly. Yes. I love that. That's the name of the podcast. It's okay. No, it's not. It's not relevant enough. It's it could be great. Bergoogly Moogly is pretty funny. <laughs> Actually, that'll get people to click. It will. We're all about the clicks, baby. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else? I don't no, know. I, I, I don't. OK. Yeah, I'm extremely I, sleepy. I, I am, too. I'm trying to keep the energy up at the end of the show. I Did you just fart. No, I was trying to talk with my mouth and my my mouth went. Whoop. OK, good. Um, keeping it in. I think for me personally, this is something I want to grow in a lot this year. Mm. I I talked last week about wanting to grow in like my ability to do marketing and all this stuff. And uh, that's true. But also even more than that, I want to grow in my my leadership, both with my guys um, and that I that I work with, but also with my team uh, and I, I mean, obviously you can read as many books as you want, but until you like go and you start living out this stuff, like they say at the end of your, your book, um, I'm not actually going to learn anything. And so I'm no, I no longer have the excuse of, Oh, I'm a first year help me. Right. I, yeah. I don't have that excuse anymore. Um, I've done this for a year. I know, I know what it's about. I know what to do, uh, for the most part. And so I just need to go in guns blazing and and start taking charge of it and like same same thing goes for you right to a diff it's different obviously but you're you're no longer a first year youth minister you know yeah kind of. i mean how kind long of. you been doing this six months six months <laughs> yeah you're no longer a first six months youth minister you're <laughs> it's fair you're in your you're in you're in the back nine um, yeah buddy and so as we all know a mm-hmm. year it's 15 months and so i think <laughs> we just need to stop everybody who's listening to this needs to stop making excuses for themselves and saying oh i haven't been doing this long enough i don't know this i don't know that that's all crap like we all know that we can uh we can accomplish things um we all know that we can lead other people um and that we're actually called to leadership as christians believe it or not um nobody Heal makes yeah brother nobody makes disciples of all nations without being a leader um and jesus commands us with all of his divine authority to make disciples of all nations. And so, uh, you're going to have to be a leader one way or another. And I think, yeah, it's not, it's not something that's exclusive to type a extroverts. Um, it's something that, that everybody has, uh, an obligation to do if you believe in the gospel. So it all ties together. It's all very important. And, uh, this was actually really good for me to kind of speak out loud. Some of the things that I've been wrestling with and thinking about. So, Mm-hmm. I'm glad we I'm glad we stumbled upon this topic. I'm glad I'm glad we had a podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um we have to put an ad into this show at some point, right? We do. We'll record it after we finish. Okay, great. If there wasn't they've an already ad, heard it. Matt and Lisa. Well, I just threw up a little bit. Matt and Lisa. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, and I have to edit that out. Dang it. Keep that in. Matt and Lisa, if you don't hear an ad, it's Patrick's fault. Um yeah, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the crunch, twitter.com slash bropostle, twitter.com slash Catholic Pat. And we're doing uh, our first we're doing our first live stream probably this week. Yes. Probably. Yes. Well, second the week of July fourteenth. Second live stream. Oh yeah, our second live stream. We our first patron only live stream. So yes. essentially what's gonna so, happen is we'll announce the time and the day and we'll post it to our Patreon. And everyone who's a Patreon at that time will know exactly when it is mm-hmm. and only then. And then an exclusive link will be posted in our Facebook page and our Patreon, and you'll get to go 
onto it and you'll be able to ask us questions. Perfect. Can't wait. It's going to be a good one. And then it'll be the episode the next week. I don't know if that was clear. Anyway. <laughs> um, yes. Patreon.com slash crunch. Yes. Patrick, do you good. have anything else for the people? Love me, love me. Say that you love me. Lead me, lead me. Go on and lead me. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you all special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited-edition, ultra-low net-carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.